Well, hello everyone and welcome to our weekly astrological weather with predictive astrologer Ann Ortley. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Amanda Poole-Walsh and I'm the founder of Astrology Hub and it is so wonderful to be here with all of you. Post-eclipse weekend, post, you know, lots of what you gave last week at 10. So post a 10. I, I, what I have found is the universe usually allows us some time and space for integration. So we're probably in that kind of energy this week. But tell us, Anne, on that scale of one to 10, what would you say this week is? The beginning week is quiet and it gets uh, kind of hangs out. And then the end of the week, it, the weekend is pretty intense again. So, but we are in eclipse season for six more weeks. We had the full moon on Friday uh, and that did kind of culminate. The weekend was a little more quiet right in the terms of the protest moon was in capricorn and everybody was like okay peaceful protests not a lot of violent you know interactions this week uh is quiet at the beginning of the week and then when we get to the end of the week it amps up again with a couple of big events one is mars coming to neptune and um mar you know as we talked in the last podcast pisces is the sign of slaves and Virgo is the sign of indentured servants. So Mars is in the sign of slaves or in the sign of where we feel oppressed. So as he comes to meet Neptune on, on Saturday, he's going to kind of culminate the story and say, okay, so now we're seeing and we're ready for a new start. So we always feel Mars and his approach. So as he approaches Neptune, but it also is going to make people feel maybe a little emotionally overwhelmed. It's, it goes back to the energy of Memorial Day weekend, when we saw the mar, we saw that stuff. We saw not only the pool, Lake in the Ozarks, where everybody's in the swimming pool. We also saw the beginning of the the riots that we've been and the protests that we've been going through with the um, <clears throat> the Gemini images, the images on film, Neptune, of uh, the of George Floyd getting strangled and Amy Cooper filming a bird watcher in New York because he didn't. He, he asked her to put her dog on a leash. So we're, we're kind of seeing it on multiple levels, you know, the, the micro level and the macro level. As Mars comes to Neptune, he says, okay, I've swept in and now as I hit Neptune, now I'm going to start a new story about the dream, the image, the idea of what you're working for. Mars wants us to work. Neptune is the dream. So for us, all of us, and it's in everybody's chart, it's in the world's chart, too, as we go into that dream, we want to really go, okay, what is, I'm setting a course for the new two years on my dream. So, you know, we're kind of opening up, people are getting an idea of where the dream is going, and Mars, Neptune says, start the dream. And then the other thing that happens on the weekend, and this is a little harder, uh, the last time we had it was January 24th, and we're going to have five of them. This is the second of five. Um, and this one, Eris wins on. The last one, uh, Pluto, Pluto won. You know, they kind of fight back and forth. Think of it as when there's five aspects in a chart, you know, one, two, three, four, five. These are all different battles. And we get to the end, we see what the war brought. So the, um, the January 24th was when they met the first time. And that was the impeachment stuff. And we had Bolton popping up. We had Les Parnes. But we also had the Kobe Bryant helicopter crash. And it kind of shocked everybody. Everybody went, oh, my God, what happened? And then we saw an outpouring from that. So we're going to have the Mars-Neptune conjunction. And then right behind it, we're going to have that square, number two. And this time, 
the transformation steps forward. In the first instance, the power stepped forward. The impeachment was happening and Pluto was deaf and so Kobe died and the power, nothing shifted about the power. And now with the Eris-Pluto square, Eris wins this round. And so we'll see what the changes are that she brings in to the power. That what's what are the what she bring and of course Eris is the goddess of discord. She kind of has a bad reputation, but what she really does is she fights for things that other people don't necessarily um, see, agree with. You know, she's you know when when she's prominent in a chart, you know she's Joan of Arc. Nancy Pelosi has a strong Eris. Hillary Clinton has a strong Eris. Carl Jung had a strong Eris. Uh, Einstein had him. Kepler and Galileo, who said, you know, the earth revolves around the sun. Hey, don't tell the Catholic Church because they're going to get mad at me. So Eris speaks the truth, not necessarily uh, that people want to hear, but she does speak it. So we're going to see that happen. And you go back to what happened in your life on January 24th, because this is your second of five, which ends next October like a year from now. So we got three this year, we got two next year. And the idea when Eris comes in, she was Darwin saying survival of the fittest. She was, um, uh, you know, she's kind of prominent, uh, Turing inventing nuclear power. Mary Shelley writing Frankenstein, giving us the idea of organ transplants. All of the, um, all of the suffrages uh, Victoria Woodhull, Margaret Sanger, introducing birth control, Betty Friedan, Gloria Steinem, Angela Davis, the people that step forward and we all go, ah, and then they go. So this week, Eris has a battle with Pluto, the power, and she steps forward and people are going to be stepping forward in discord. She's also a war energy. So in the, our politics here in the States, we've had a number of retired generals step forward and say, this is not how you use the power of the military. Eris is in war, the sign of war. We've also seen protests around the world. And, you know, back when South Africa was going through its transformation, there were protests around the world. So we have to look at this in the, you know, in our, in our personal life where we're going through a transformation. So Eris is a 24, Pluto's a 24. They're in Capricorn in your Aries house. So they're really transforming how you think about things, how you see things, how you see the power struggles in your life. Good, bad, indifferent. And uh, with, the, with the square, we're all gonna have an awareness of this and an aha moment. And so the beginning of the week, to your point, we get an opportunity to integrate. You know, New York is opening up. Everybody's kind of in a little bit of a happy mood. And then we get to the weekend, we go, oh, okay. And then right after that, Mercury is going to station. So Mercury right now is in Cancer. And we talked last week about him. Every two and a half days, he changes his emotional nature. So over the weekend, he was in Capricorn. He was calm. Now he's going to go into Aquarius. Then he's going to go into Pisces. And then, of course, then he goes into Aries. And he stops. Mercury's going to stop and then go backwards. And he is ruling the retrograde Venus in Gemini. So we're also having that story kind of unfold. Um, so we have a combo kind of they're dancing together but somebody wrote is, is mercury retrograde like all my equipment broke and i said ah no venus is retrograde but she's answering to mercury out of bounds so it's also understanding communications are still a little fraught and i know um uh, one of the things somebody wrote me last week to complain about something i said and i acknowledged i said it and sometimes this is one of those weeks where it's good to be quiet and listen and just say, you know, if I don't have anything to add, 
to this, maybe it's good for me to receive Mars and Pisces is silent, ocean is silent, the ocean doesn't talk, and to listen. But the beginnings come, end of the week, kind of wild. And, you know, in the same shocking energy we had with Kobe Bryant, we can anticipate some big kind of like, where everybody goes, wow, oops, sorry. Um, forgot to undo that. And, so the, and the phone agrees with me, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, a couple of things, Anne, are you, are you, Mm-hmm. done with the I'm done I'm done the over, overview. overview yeah okay awesome. yeah. <laughs> you know me I get long-winded <laughs> I, we all love it okay so I know it's I, good but yeah what about, I watch you waking little faces and I'm like you know talk a little faster yeah <laughs> I make notes now Anne. I know it's so good as, it's good <laughs> as I'm having those thoughts I just write them down well, your eyebrows are going up and down too <laughs> okay <laughs> I'll work on that. Okay. No, I love the eyebrows because I'm like, oh, Amanda's Amanda's eyebrows are going. Okay, I'm saying something she's going to ask me about. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Okay, so Eris, yeah. what would be the like high expression of Eris and the low expression of Eris, or like the the you know I know there's lots of debate about what words we use around this like higher expression, lower expression, but you you get what I'm asking, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Eris by and large has a bad reputation. When you talk to people about their heiress placement, usually they ran into a bully or bullies became, they were becoming aware of power, you know, some kind of discord. She is Aries, she's Mars's sister. She's Aries' sister. And she is known, you know, they used to say of her, she would go around in the war and she would poke the wounds and make them worse, right? Yeah, so she's got, she's got some, got some bad bad story with her. And I joke, you know, Mike Brown in the Jet Propulsion Laboratory has been adding female goddesses, but he's picking mean ones. Now think of the Aarons and the Erics, you know, they are very fierce because they have E-R-I in their name. So I have a good friend who has worked for the Joint Chiefs of Staff named Erin, and she distributed military supplies. You know, she could roll out a half a million supplies to troops. She's an heiress, right? She's Erin, she's heiress. So it's got a strategic warrior energy. The other analogy I like is Wonder Woman. In that movie, she was called Diana, but she should have been called Eris. Because at one point she says to her brother, Eris, she goes, okay, brother, let's get it on, right? <laughs> and then they, all of war, all of fire, all the crazy. And then at the end, you know, the poison lady's under her feet and she's got the car and she could crush her. But she lets the poison lady go. So she, she wants to incite discord but she does it through our hubris, right? So that's the other way she shows up. So when she was first discovered, she kind and this is where I'm saying to people, be quiet, mm. because the hubris part is one of her things, where she sets you up with hubris. So she got Pluto demoted. She's stronger than Pluto. So when she was discovered, she was bright and sparkly, and they thought she was bigger, which meant that they'd have to revise every science textbook every time the Hubble telescope discovered somebody. So when the astronomers had their meeting, people that didn't like Pluto being a planet and thought he should be a dwarf had it like, okay, let's have a secret meeting and we'll vote to demote Pluto. So at the last meeting they did, they demoted him. And you know, you leave, you go to a conference and you leave and you know, you get a text saying Pluto got demoted and the people were like, what? We didn't know there was a vote. And then come to find out she's just smart, sparkly and she's smaller than Pluto. So there was no need to demote Pluto, but she got it done. So she plays on hubris. There was John Corzine and Blankenfeld were both co-chairs of uh, Goldman Sachs and they both had teams supporting them and who would be the president. So Corzine was trying to do a deal. Blankenfeld got wind of it. He asked him, 
Corzine said no. Blankenfeld would call the assistant in Corzine and say, what happened? So he'd get the information and then go, and did you do it? No, no, and then he'd get the information. So he struck the deal, they had a board meeting. In front of the board meeting, Blankenfeld asked Corzine. He said, no, no, we haven't done anything, we haven't done anything. So they call in the, the calls in the assistant. Yes, we struck a deal. These are the terms. Bah, 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 bah. Corzine had lied to everybody on the board, including his supporters. And that got him. Blankenfeld mm-hmm. became the president. The hubris eris sets you up, which is why be quiet if you don't know what you want to say, because she sets it up to get everybody to be aware. She makes you see it in a way you never saw it before. Right. And so, so I'm, I'm getting that, that in addition to being quiet, there's also this like, okay, what's being shown to me here? Is, yeah. is there something for me here? And it's not that you have to agree with every single piece of what the person's saying, mm-hmm. but is there something for me where, like, do I need to check myself at all? Mm-hmm. You no. Know, am I showing up, you know, so excessively attached to my beliefs and my way and the way I see things? Can I receive this from this person? And, and you're right, it may look like silence, but hopefully that's us like actually digesting some of it and right. seeing where it is that we're being asked to step up because, because what, what it sounds like you're saying is she is very much about that shadow work, that, yes. that part of us that we don't wanna see, don't like to see, would not parade out at the party, but that's there. And so it's, it's looking at that. And, and what we find when we go into that shadow is there's so much power there. There's so, so she's really benevolent in a way because she's calling it out and she's not afraid to call it out. And when she calls it out, it gives, if, if, we're, if we accept the invitation, it's giving us this chance to step up and meet it and then transform through it. The thing I loved about Wonder Woman mm-hmm. is she was so loving. She yes. was like... She was, everything she did was for love. And, yes. and so Eris, even when it looks ugly or it looks mean, and maybe, we, maybe she has that bad rep because women doing those kinds of things is a little bit more distasteful, quote unquote, I'm saying, mm-hmm. um, for people to handle. Right. But, but it actually has even, potentially even more transformative power. Yes. So, yes. hmm, yeah. interesting. And also her big mythology was the Trojan War. She wasn't invited to the wedding where the young woman had to marry the old goat instead of the man she loved. So she shows up, she throws an apple in and says, it's for the most beautiful goddess. And, you know, Zeus looked at this and went, nah, I'm not going anywhere near this. Aphrodite <laughs> wanted it, Athena wanted it, and his wife wanted it. So he gave it to Paris, the shepherd, to figure out who gets it. And, and Paris is like, can I divide it? And they're like, nope, you got to pick one most beautiful woman. So he gave it to Aphrodite and then Athena and Hera went off and started the Trojan War because the most beautiful woman in the world was uh, married. And so power, they offered him power, wealth, and wisdom and love, you know, power, power, wisdom, and love. And he went with love and got him in a hell of a lot of trouble. (laughs) Or he went with Aphrodite, he went with the naked woman, whatever. But that's Eris. And so the, the other two that were thwarted said, all right, we're going to fix you. That's what Eris produces. So when you have that come up, you want to go, whoa, whoa. When that, when that shows up, how do we, how do we work with it? Mm, that revenge, the jealousy, the yeah, envy. Yeah, that's, that's all, those are all her, those are all her domains. Right. And the fact got- that they're fighting over who's the most beautiful. I mean, already you're like, whoa, the, the shadow just like 
rose up so big and was like, hey, we, we need to look at this. And then look at the ensuing events. War, 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 war. So it's, it's showing Over us- a golden apple that any of them could have made, right? <laughs> they all are got it. They could make a golden apple. Right. So where is that right? showing up in our lives? I yes. mean, theirs is strong. Where is that showing up in our lives? That, that um, combative energy around um, who's right, who's better, who's more beautiful, who's any of it. Wow. Really? And a lot of times when we have Eris activated by age in our chart, so she looks like a little circle with a down arrow. She looks like Mars in the ground. Look at the age of that energy. You know, in what? how old were you when you ran into it? And often that was mean girls or mean mm. boys or some mm. kind of cultural where you dis, you were disparaged by someone. Or maybe you were a bully. I mean, I had one woman, she goes, well, that was when I was the bully. Um, and it was Eris in the first house. I'm like, okay, well, and what are you learning now? She goes... I'm being bullied. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, so you're getting the other side of it. You know, it, it's it, it, it's an interesting energy for people. And, it, it you know, Aries is an Aries for everybody born in the century. So it's somewhere in your Aries house because uh, she takes 500 years to go around the around the sun. Okay, that's that's some juicy stuff right there for all yeah. of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, Barbara is asking, and, and, and you don't need to go like super deep into this, oh. but... Um, can you describe what a strong heiress is, please? When it aspects one of your personal planets okay. or aspects your lights, you know, on your ascendant, on your, on your moon, on your sun, in some kind of trine. Some people have it in a, uh, in a hard aspect, which tends to be they feel like they get bullied a lot, you know, but if it's aspecting it, you know, when you watch Nancy Pelosi do this little clapping thing with Donald, you know, <laughs> and her daughter goes, yeah, that's my mother, you know, and she's a street kid from Baltimore. She knows how to handle her dad was, you know, like it's that strength, but it does antagonize people. It's why AOC gets people so upset so fast. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she's a senator, a congresswoman from here. And also why Hillary gets people so crazy. Because Hillary you know, is a strong heiress. And, and, it, and you want to, and, and there's men with strong heiresses too. We don't want to say it's just the women, but it is, heiress is a feminine energy. So it's my friend David called her in his chart. It was in his third house. He said, it's my inner bitch. Mm-hmm. And it's that little voice and bitch in a, you know, men can be bitchy too. I'm not trying to be sexist here. No emails about being a sexist, but it's that feminine energy where we go, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I hear you, you know. So, hear- so my daughters and I are watching this show on Netflix called Good Witch. Have any of you mm-hmm. watched this? It's, it's good. It's I good. mean, it's, okay. we're enjoying it. Okay. Um, but in it, so, so the mom is a quote unquote witch, mm-hmm. but like very, you know, lives a very normal life, uh, normal quote unquote again. Um, her daughter also has gifts. So they're very intuitive. They're very, they're, they're very um, sourced and they know it. And they, but at school, the, the young girl, you know, at high school, she's getting bullied around by mean girls who are like, oh, where's your broom? And, oh, I heard your house is haunted. And, you know, they're just taunting her. And that's Eris. That's Eris. Exactly. And she was getting so rattled. It was like she wanted her mom to, to not do the haunted house for Halloween. She, she didn't, she, you know, she, I just want to be normal. I don't, I don't want to have these gifts, you know, is what she was saying. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until actual Halloween where she dressed up as a witch and she was like, yeah, I'm a witch. You're right. You're right. 
so, and, and when I think about, and then, and then it was just like, okay, like, let's move on. The, the other girls sort of just dissolved from her reality. It was no big deal anymore. But when you talk about being silent, when someone is attacking you, th there's this like, okay, you're right. You're, you're right, actually. I see there's some validity in what you're saying. And then it's like, ah, oh, okay. Right. We don't need to have this thing where we're just up against each other. We don't. And then either there's going to be harmony potentially, or the person like falls away, you know, it's just like that energy dissolves. So, um, okay. Now yeah, uh, the other thing is that, you know, that young quote, that which we resist persists. Exactly. So when I was a kid growing up, everybody said to me, grandma likes you best. Grandma likes you best. And I would go, no, she doesn't. Cause grandma gave everybody $5. Now she did like me best, but I didn't get anything extra from it, which was kind of what they were implying. And so one day a friend of mine said, well, did grandma like you best? I said, yeah, grandma did like me best. I was a first grandchild. I'm named after her. Yeah. She said, well, why don't you just acknowledge that reality and see what happens? I'm like, what does that mean? She said, when they say it to you say, yeah, you're right. I'm like, okay. So my sister said it to me and I looked at her and I said, yeah, and grandpa liked you best. Last time she ever, honest to God, they said it my whole life until I said to my sister, grandma liked you, grandpa liked you best because grandpa did like her best. My Aunt Kay said it uh, and I said, yeah, I know. I'm sorry, grandma didn't like you. She burst into tears, ran away crying. And I was like, wow, <laughs> the power of acknowledgement. The power, so the power of acknowledgement. It's reminding yeah. me of Debbie Ford. She did all this uh, work on sh shadow work. She wrote tons of books. She run, you know, did all kinds of workshops. And she tells the story of the first time she's in this spiritual, um, you know, retreat or something. And the facilitator's like, she, she was always like, you know, the nice smiley girl. And the, the spiritual teacher goes, hey, you're a bitch. <laughs> Debbie Ford's like, what? Like, no, I'm not. You know, this, I'm not a bitch. And so finally, she got to a point where she's just like, you know what? You're right. And there's actually a time where that is necessary and needed. So, okay, fine. I'm a bitch. Sometimes I can be a bitch. And you know what? Sometimes a bitch is what's needed, you know? And it's, so this, this process of like, again, can we just go into that part of ourselves and, just, and embrace it and love it too? You know, it's like, yeah, mm -hmm. I can be jealous. Yeah, I can be rageful you know any of it mm -hmm. and it's that which you resist persists it's, yeah. it's right there yeah. yeah erica on our team says she's um, an eri okay that's that one's got a strong heiress there you go erica <laughs> ERI. she goes can heiress show up in a way that isn't just bitchy but righteous bitchy to make things yes! better <laughs> totally totally yes there there's an heiress speaking forward for heiress yes totally yeah. if you didn't catch my podcast episode with erica mm -hmm. last friday um, talk about, I mean, that felt like a Wonder Woman moment, especially for Erica. Oh, my God. Um, she is on our team. She's our, our she calls herself a web genie. Um, I call her our tech goddess. But she um, is Caribbean black. And we had such a metamorphosis on our team last week around the, um, you know, racial injustice and all these things that are happening in our world. And she, she so Wonder Woman did. She met it all with love, with fierce love. And we got to share it with everybody on Friday. So check out that podcast episode if you missed it. It is so healing. We've received the most incredible feedback from people. And um, you know, that's the kind of like fearless acknowledgement and facing of, of these perceived differences that feel so insurmountable. 
And when we just go into it and just, you know, hold, hold space for each other's process, it's, it's, I've been witnessing how miraculous it really, yes. really can be. And, you know, Anne, I was going to ask you, so we've been talking about how this year is a year of like profound transformation at the like deepest levels. And we're about halfway through the year. So I wanted to know what has been your biggest transformation so far? You, like what, what's happened for you? Uh, I think for me, it, you know, it's been in my 12th house. Uh, the, all these planets have been in my 12th. So it's been a lot of letting go and endings. So I've been uh, saying goodbye to people. You know, I've had quite a few deaths. My aunt died on Friday on the eclipse. My dad died last summer. Uh, I know I have a few more to go. My a good friend of mine died a couple weeks ago, so I've been having leavings. Which for my little Saturn in Scorpio, which hates death, hmm. you know, I opened with you know when I I would die when I was thirty, because uh, I didn't want to lose anybody. Uh, yeah, and, and I didn't I didn't die when I was thirty. You know, but I said to my grandmother, she said, "You always said you were." I said, "Well, I wanted to die before anybody else did." I hate losing things. I hate losing people. And I've lost a lot this year. So what are you learning I'm, about loss? Like what do you what's what's happening within you? I'm learning to really appreciate it, you know, and I'm in my in, in and it's in my sixth house of, you know, my my clients lives. So I'm dealing with a lot of sitting witness to the lives that they're giving up or mm-hmm. letting go or ending or feeling or being taken from them sometimes mm-hmm. and honoring their the loss that they're experiencing because we're all we're all experiencing some really you know the structures in our lives are changing we don't know where we're going and we're sitting in this space of what am I to do so for me that's the space it's been literal deaths in my personal life plus I had all these trips planned and I'm booking trips and booking trips but I'm like Saturday my 12th which is you're supposed to stay home and I'm like whatever I'm booking trips and then of course cancel 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 and I'm like Saturday the 12th I'm staying home I'm here at the bright red desk you know mm. so yeah so it's it's been it's been interesting you know it's been uh, not easy I remember the last time I had it in the early in 91 92 and I know what was going on then so it, that, that, that experience at that time gave birth to astrology. Mm-hmm. So I know that this process is giving birth to whatever the next step is for me. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, okay. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cherry or Sherry, probably Sherry, Sherry Peters. Um, would you say that Eris is a lover of truth? And she yes. shows that to us in strategic ways that are clever, but aren't always pleasant. Yes, Exactly. Exactly. So remember Wonder Woman when she gets to the DMZ and she's like, we've sat here for a year and nobody's moved. All right, I'm going in. And she gets her little things up and she's bouncing the bullets off of them and running and she gets the war to move. Right. It is a it is a disruptor, but it disrupts towards a purpose. You know, we don't necessarily think of birth control as controversial. We don't necessarily think of women having the right to vote as controversial. But people fought for that. You know, people fought for that to get that right. And that those were heiress people, Uh, people that said, hey, you know, the earth revolves around the sun gave us a new global perspective. Like, what do you mean? We don't go. The sun doesn't go around us. We're not the center of the universe. No. And then, and then we go, well, what, what happens then? (laughs) You know, like that structural realignment where she corrects 
what's not right or she corrects shifts it so if you think of the astronomers you know neil neil tyson who's the guy that runs the planetarium goes wrote a book how i killed pluto i'm like you know you know dude you don't want to say you killed pluto you know and then the voyager went by and pluto he's got like a little broken heart and there was a mem on the internet yeah you dumped me and now you're driving by my house real slow (laughs) you know but eris and pluto in this fight about how do we transform eris power and sometimes we do it with fire She's in a fire sign. And so when we watched the buildings burning and we were like, oh, wow. And then people were like separated into two piles, protesters, rioters. There's ways to do things. But fire is a very potent transformer. I mean, literally, if you've ever had a fire or been near one, it changes things. So mm-hmm. it's, this is, these are big, big transits. When Eris was with Uranus a couple of years ago, it's when Hillary got the nomination and Donald got the nomination. It was also when the alligator ate that little kid at Disney World. And mm. I'm kind of like, what are alligators doing in the water at Disney World? And it was the Pulse nightclub shooting. And then the second one was the pussy grabbing comment and Hillary fainting at 9-11 in her emails. Right. And then the third one was her appearing without makeup after the election and James Comey appearing and saying, yes, we opened an investigation into Trump about the Russian influence in the fall. So Eris working, you don't always know what she's doing, but you watch her three stages to see what, in this case, she's going to have five. And Mm -hmm. Pluto's a lot meaner than you. I mean, Uranus is like, we change things, right? You know, Eris is like, and and Aquarius is emails, and Uranus is gay people. And, you know, so we saw these shifts. So Pluto, I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, what's going to happen? And it'll, it's exact. So it'll be something big on Sunday. So we'll just kind of watch the astrology. Okay. All right. So what we basically have the like arc of the week or like the big highlights are the Mars Neptune and the invitation there is setting a new course for our dream. Mm -hmm. So like sitting with what is my dream and what potential, I guess, new, approach to getting towards that dream can yeah. i seed or bring in mm-hmm. you know right? how do i how do i swim towards it swim towards it there we go then we have eris and pluto square and we've talked a lot about that and then we have and, and a question around that could be what truth is showing up in your life so what what truth is being illuminated that may not be pleasant but is propelling you towards a new level of power and understanding yeah. And I don't mean power the, you know, the way we don't like power. Um, and then. Well, it is, it is taking on powers. So whenever there's a square, you know, people get very excited about squares, but we have to think about it as like when you're sitting on a couch, you know, you have your knees and your, your knees are at a square to your calves. And when you stand up, it's a working aspect. So think of it as a working aspect. It helps you take action and work in some way. Well, and also take, take um, responsibility for your power. That I think that is huge because when we don't take responsibility for whatever power we have, it's already there and it leaks out in dysfunctional ways. But when we, when we step in and own it, I remember growing up, I, um, I was always the leader. It was always Amanda and them. And I was like, why? I, I didn't nominate myself. I didn't try to be. It just was all my Capricorn. Now I know it's all my Capricorn, right? Andrew, but, Saturn, and Leo. Right, exactly. So, But for the longest time, I, I didn't want it. It was like, I don't want this. I don't, I'd rather just be like everybody else. You know, I want to be normal, whatever. Um, 
And finally, like towards later, you know, where I would say probably in the last like eight years or so, it's like, okay, fine, it's there. How can I own it and really just embrace it and, and use it responsibly? Because if I, when I'm not using it responsibly, it's there anyways, and it gets distorted. And then it comes, mm. it comes through wrong. Mm. So it's okay. So where is that showing up for you? Yeah. Things that are part of your power that you may be sort of like, I don't want to look at that. I don't want to own that. I don't want to embrace that and stepping into it. And then we have this Venus cycle, right? This yeah. new Venus cycle, mm -hmm. Venus and Gemini. And I, I just wanted to read, ah, shoot, it's gone now. <laughs> I had it pulled up. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. It's the cosmic update that Sasha Benedetti, who's our inner circle guide this mm -hmm. month, what she said about the Venus cycle and what we're, okay. So she says today, Venus is visible before sunrise as a morning star. Get up and greet her if you can. Breathe life into the new seed. Sing a song or tone and find the vibrations that feel resonant and pleasing in your throat. Open your heart to a new story. Yep, because she's in the inferior. I like to think of it as interior conjunction. So Earth is here. Venus is here and the sun's literally the sun's over there. So when she's next to the sun, she's between earth and sun she starts a new eight-year cycle so then four years from now she'll be on the far side of the sun so we'll send it out in the world so you think about what you're starting now and she's also starting it under this eclipse so there's she's got an extra little goose of power and she's sending it off into the world right so it's an it's kind of like a new moon for venus because she's in in interior place and kind of mm, what do I do? And then the, the seeds, new ideas, new beginnings. And, and if you go back and think of your life in June, in the house that she's in, go back in four-year increments, 2016, June, June of 212, June of 8, June of 4, June of 2000, you'll see a new Sun-Venus conjunction that starts something and begins a story for us. So mm -hmm. that's her energy. And we're still in eclipse season. So the emotional energy of the eclipse now we go towards the new moon, right, which is June 21st, but all the planets shift, right? There's a whole bunch of shifting going on, which allows us to kind of realign where we are. But yeah, it's an initiation energy. So Sun, Venus, and now Mars, Neptune, and they're talking to each other, right? They're in a, they're in, Mars was squaring the eclipse points and, and the nodes when it happened. So Mars is bringing the energy of that eclipse to Neptune and saying, okay, so what do we have here? You know, what are, how, how shall we proceed? Mm. How shall we move forward in our days? Yeah. And I think yeah. the other thing that helps, and, and you, you've said this a couple of times, the, when we shy from something, remember all the planets in your chart are your life. So if you're shying from a part of your life, you're avoiding a planet. So to your point about the Leo, if I don't embrace being a leader, then someone else is going to pick up the Saturn and Leo for me and they may not do it the way I want them to. So if or I, I end I up leading in a way and I'm, I'm unaware of it. And so I'm, I'm actually demonstrating something and I'm not like owning that, mm -hmm. which is even worse. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the idea is to do your planets in your chart every day by sign and house and age. Cause they all have ages, how old they are. Like I have a four year old Venus, so she's easy. Like this morning I I got some new flowers and I played with them and rearranged them and my Venus is happy. You know, it, 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 when I get to my 24 year old Neptune, 
you know, Neptune needs some serious music. She needs some, she doesn't really like, she needs a little pause in the day. So kind of think about what your planets are. And if you do them every day, it helps them, you know, because you say to them, okay, planet, what are we going to do with you today? And they usually have a job for you or someone comes in on that planet and brings you something. So, yeah. And that helps because then you're doing the planet. You're not having it done to you. Right. Okay. You, know, you so either receive last... energy or you send it out, you know. So if you're receiving it and you're like, oh, my God, I hate that. You have to go, okay, let me let me figure out how I send that off. Right? Mm. So, yeah. Well, that's that's big. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of that happening right now. I, a lot um, of it going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you're interested in going deeper on the Venus cycle, last week we also did a podcast with Sasha Benedetti and Tammy Brunk who are, are also inner circle guides for us, who um, initiated the Venus cycle. We did it together. It's not too late for you to tune into that and get a real good flavor or glimpse at what this 19 month cycle with Venus is all about. And one of the things that I love that they highlighted is how Venus's journey is the heroine's journey versus the hero's journey. So many of us are, are very familiar with the hero's journey where it's like, goes off you know to go to the new place and have these new experiences and adventures it's very like out there right but the heroine's journey is this like going down deep into that the depths of the underworld and and meeting her shadow there and then coming back out glorious and so it's this you know getting um a different a different flavor again on these different kinds of journeys that we have of becoming more of who we are and this one is in Gemini. So what does that mean? So anyways, if you want to check that out, that podcast was last week as well mm -hmm. um, with Sasha and Tammy. It was really, really good. They did a presentation and everything. It was beautiful. Very cool. And 13 Gemini is where the conjunction took place. And then the eclipse was 15. So it was two days after it. So wow. you have that thing, you know, boom, boom, and just kind of think about what happened last week, first, second, and then the fifth, because that's the initiation energy of that Gemini. It's a powerful week. It really was. It was a powerful week. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. Um, well, first of all, Anne, thank you. <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in. Remember, you're ambassadors of astrology. You're going out and talking to me. You don't have to talk astrology. Just talk how we can transform. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here with us every week. It's just this mm -hmm. anchor for me and I know so many other people. So thank you mm -hmm. for Thank your, you. Thank, um, you. thank you, heavens. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And thanks to all of you for tuning in every week. Um, please continue to send us your feedback. If you'd like to receive the weekly digest where I send out the email that gives you the um, all the special edition episodes that we've done in the previous week, make sure and go to astrologyhub.com slash podcast and sign up. Um, and we'll be here same time, same place next week. Next week. Can't wait. Yeah. Okay. And we'll all, all right, go everybody. through Eris and a Mars Neptune. Mm, we'll it's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Take care, everybody. Bye, everybody. Take care.